Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message from Norm Oberlin, pastor of Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will help strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy. And now, here is Pastor Norm. Two houses. I just want to thank ChristIs.com. It's actually uh, a play on the pastor's name, a Baptist church on the East Coast. I'm borrowing his uh, graphic today. Two houses. What are you building your life on? So what do you think the message is going to be about? (laughs) You guys are sharp. You're really sharp. And I appreciate that. i got to pull out some of my tools here and get them ready to go. All right. What did God create? Everything. See, you are a step ahead of me this morning. God created everything, birds, animals, most important, us, man. And man was and is unique. Would you agree with that? We can learn, we can think, we can build. Birds might, might make nests from already existing materials, but only man can build the tools to build the things and take raw materials and build bridges and churches and houses and all this other stuff, right? Only man. There's no other animal that can duplicate what man can do. Today I want to highlight some of that. We're the only ones that can make our own tools. And it's the tools that help us to do some of the things. I saw a device yesterday. I love the web. I love Facebook. I love seeing all the cool creative stuff that we come up with. And this guy developed, and Troy, you're really going to appreciate this. My son's hiding over there in the corner. Not anymore. (laughs) They they had this machine that was built into this hay wagon, and it picked the bale up and went up this chute and went up and up and up and up and up until they had about 100 bales on it. Then they backed it up to the barn where the big window door thingy is at the top, and they reversed it, and they all came out the top. And I was just going, what? Where's the work in that? And farmers are going, yes! But you wouldn't see a chimpanzee doing that. You wouldn't see a bird doing that. Only man can do that. And today, I want to build something real quick here uh, just to give you an example of how creative we can be. Is that all right? Got to make sure I'm, I'm up to speed here. All right, here we go. Just bear with me. Hopefully this won't take too long. I, I've been practicing a little bit, but, you know, I've, I've got all my stuff on here, and, and hopefully, whoa, I can't see. It's kind of bright back here. Got to get my equipment out and start putting some things together. And, No, that wasn't me. I think I think I can get this now. I think I think I'm ready. Is that enough? Yeah, that looks good. All right. There we go. All right. You ready? 
Here's, here's what I've made. What do you think? Brother, I'm so excited. Could you come and take my picture? Isn't that what we do? See, I try to do a selfie, but I, here, no, you got to use my phone, man. You know the bad thing when you have somebody else take your picture with their phone? You don't get the picture. All right, just, I'm proud of, I'm proud of my work here. All right. That took me some time. That work? Do do one up and down too. So hide my profile. All right, skinny skinny me now. Here, let me. Wait, something's wrong. Oh, he took one of you. Nice, nice. Now I've got a picture of Jeff on my phone. You know I'm gonna mess with that one. All right, something's wrong. I'm missing something. Hey, but, but, anybody, Mac, you got hot air, can you? Did I say that out loud? By the way, by the way, this, this is not part of our, our message, but I'm so proud of our BTI students, Bible Training Institute students. They have been working hard to complete the classes. They've been developing new ministries. You're going to hear more about some of the things coming next Sunday. But you guys aren't going to be here because you're preaching in Indian River and uh, as, as part of one of our students. And I believe some of our students are going up to lead worship up there. We're investing in others and I just want to thank each of you and tell you how proud I am. So this isn't going to work. I'll be right back. We probably undo that now. So I just happened to already have this here ready for this because I didn't think you wanted to wait 30 minutes for me to make it. Let's see how this works. Well, look at that. I'm pretty proud of that. This isn't going anywhere. This has a firm foundation. Amen? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Hopefully that won't be in my way. Whew, man, I didn't realize how out of shape I was. Whew. Round is a shape. Thanks, Mary. Appreciate your uh, encouragement over there. <clears throat> Roger, if you have duct tape, just... <laughs> Without a firm foundation, we will waver and eventually fail. And quite frankly, that's why we... Somebody doesn't have a foundation in there. You want to check on them, make sure they're all right. That's why we need the Bible. It is our origin. It is our firm foundation upon which everything else rests and begins to make sense. What are you building your life on? What are you building your life on? I want to read from 1 Peter. If you have your Bibles with me, I will put it up behind me in the NLT. 1 Peter 5. I want to read two verses. 
And here, Peter is trying to explain to the church why we need that strong foundation or what that strong foundation is. So here we go. 1 Peter 5, 10 and 11. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Jesus Christ. Do you know you have, you will experience heaven in a way that no one ever imagined. God is going to reward you with heaven. As you develop your life on this side of glory, as you build on the things God's given you, you are building up things in heaven, your treasures in heaven, you're, you're building up your bank accounts in heaven. You are going to have an awesome place in heaven, assuming that you're living and standing on a firm foundation on this side. Peter went on to say, so after you have suffered a little while, how many like to suffer? Anybody? Where's Tim? Is Tim here today? Nope. thought he was. I thought he saw him earlier. He came over Friday night and he showed me his thumb and he was working on his brakes. Oh, there he is right there. What are you hiding for, man? How could I not see you? Show him your thumb. Is it better? I didn't ask you if I could share this, but sorry, it's too late now. Cat's out of the bag. Anyway, he, he says, I hit my thumb with the rubber mallet when I was trying to change my brakes. And I've done that so many times. And man, my heart went out to you. It hurt. To put brakes on, sometimes you got to suffer a little bit, don't you? It hurts. How many know that to be a Christian, sometimes you're going to suffer a little bit? There is a gospel being taught out there that, you know what, God never intended you to suffer. You're supposed to have it all. Material things and all that. And I'm not opposed to wealth. In fact, if you want to share it with us, Bless God. However, wealth should not be your primary reason for existence. Jesus should be number one. He should be your foundation. And as a Christian, many of us are going to go through struggles on this side of heaven. It's not going to be easy. People are going to despise you, hate you. They're going to want you dead, some of them. We're seeing it more and more every day. But here's the thing. If you get through that, as Peter's saying, as you, as you get through that little bit of pain, that struggle that you're going through, whatever it might be, and if you don't give up, God's going to do three things. I love this. He will restore, support, and strengthen you. He will restore Support and strengthen you. And, I love this last part, he will place you on a firm foundation. That's what our God wants to do with you. How many are on a shaky foundation? Don't raise your hand. You know that you're not living right. At the end of this message, I'm going to give you an opportunity to stand on that firm foundation. So you hang on. Get to the end, and Jesus is going to do a miracle in your life today. Amen?
Verse 11, all power to him forever. Amen. That's the God we serve. Restore, support, and strengthen. Some of you are like this young lady in this picture. Globe, globe, globe. You're barely able to get air. You feel like you're dying and you're ready to give up. You're going through all kinds of living hell. And I want to say today, Jesus is here for you. He's got a way for you where there was no other way. Just don't give up. Just keep on walking it out. Keep on going to the next day and the next. And eventually you're going to look back and you're going to go, Yes! I made it! Thanks to Jesus. I'm getting an amen over here from the young one. (laughs) Hallelujah! God is waiting for you. And he will wait and wait and wait until you're ready to come to him and say, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. I've tried it. I've tried to do it in my own strength. And I blow it every time. I need you, Jesus. God, I need you. Please help me with this. He's waiting. He's waiting for you to come to him. Don't give up. God will restore you if you call out to him and truly put your trust in him. And and listen, what I'm talking about isn't some little confession here at the altar at the end of today's service. I'm talking where you're challenged in your spirit to understand that, look, I can't do this anymore. I have to turn to God and give him everything that I have and say, God, use me. Any way you want, but God, I need you to get to the other side. I can't do this myself. That's the kind of place that you need to get to. And then when you walk out of here, it's not over. It's just beginning. Hallelujah. God will restore you. The Holy Spirit will support you. If you look to him and him alone as your daily source. Notice I said daily. Not weekly, not monthly, not annually. It's not just Christmas and Easter. It's every single day that he needs to be your source. The Lord will strengthen you as you come to him. As you spend time with him in prayer, in reading of his word. You will never get any stronger if you're not praying and if you're not reading God's word. If you're trying to do it any other way, if you're living off the coat strings of your parents, you're in a bad place. You cannot succeed without putting God in. You have to feed your spirit man. You have to, and it takes the Word of God to do that. And the more time you spend with Him, guess what? The more you look like Him. (laughs) That's good news. I don't want to look like me anymore. I want to look like Jesus. He is my rock. He is my salvation. He is my fortress. If you don't give up, if you don't get discouraged over your life, and if you don't turn your back on God, listen, my heart breaks every time I see somebody running away from God rather than to Him. 
It should break yours too. We've got a, a nation that is turning its back on the Lord. It should break our hearts to the point where we're willing to get on our knees and, and intercede for them. By the way, we need more intercessors here at Mount Hope. People that are willing to invest in others as you lay that foundation. Nothing happens in this church without prayer. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And I thank God for every one of you who willingly obey him and lift the names up of your neighbors, our president, his cabinet, and all of the rest of the people that so desperately need Jesus. Pray. Pray, my brother. Pray, my sister. Don't get discouraged. Don't turn your back on him. Eventually, you will get the victory, and that will include the reward of heaven. How many are ready to go? <laughs> Man. Mike, you ready to go to heaven? Amen. I'm telling you, Mike, on this side, you ready to go to heaven? Hallelujah. This world stinks. You know, there are times when you can find things that are fun to do. Wednesday night, I went out in the boat with Pastor Roger. We found something fun to do, and I caught some big fish. Hallelujah! And he caught some fish. He caught big fish, and I took pictures. But fishing is not what this life is all about. Maybe fishing for men, but not for fish. Don't let the stuff, the fun stuff, or the bad stuff keep you from God's call and what he wants you to do in this life. Because it can. It can. I want to talk about that here in just a minute. Man-made stuff. This is man-made. This is man-made stuff. Man-made. Many of us find ourselves in that place where we begin to look at our own accomplishments and we think, I'm all that. Years ago, I was able to... It's the wrong one. Years ago, I'll get to that. I was able to finally finished my degree after, let's see, 13 years. Only, it only took me 13 years to graduate from college. <clears throat> and I will say that during that 13 years, I took eight off to, to actually work in the ministry. So I'm not completely brain dead. But I finally got this diploma saying, aren't you smart? Not really. I worked hard to get this. And some people allow their education to prop them up like they're all that. Some go on for their master's or their doctorate or three or four doctorates, whatever. And they think they're all that. But that's not the kind of foundation that we should have. This is the foundation. 
is Jesus. How about this? Some of you might be here today and you might think, hey, I'm really good at this sport. See, there's only one sport I've ever been good at, and even that can be questionable, and that's fishing. So this is my little trophy from a few years ago that I got for the most panfish. And, it, and the only reason we won this, my son and I, well, he was in my boat. That's why I won it. But we only caught three panfish. They weren't biting. No, none of the fish were biting that day. So this, is, this was our big trophy that we won that day. Here's the thing. I know people who are 40 years old still talking about the things they accomplished in high school on the football team or basketball team, soccer or whatever. That's not a good foundation. Your trophies, whatever it is you're doing, will not support you through life. Only Jesus can do that. And then last but not least that I'm going to share anyway is your job. You know, I'm proud of the fact that God called me into ministry and I'm proud that the assemblies of God saw fit to ordain me and that's the highest level that they can give a, a minister. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that to say, look at me. I'm using this as an example. Even this, I can't rest on. I can't. You could be Donald Trump. Not saying that you'd want to be, but you could be. You could be someone that has built an empire and go, ooh, look at me. I've got my name on the side of my plane. It's not going to matter when Jesus comes back. There's only one foundation, and it's not your job. It's not your family. It's Jesus. Jesus is the only one that can make that foundation strong, that you can stand on and trust that you're going to make it to the other side. I want to read from Colossians chapter 2, verse 7. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Let your roots go down. Let them go deep. You ever seen one of those giant trees with, with the big root balls that, I mean, a hurricane, a windstorm could blow and that thing would never move because it's got such a tangle of roots down into the ground, hanging on. And that's how we should be with Jesus. And that's not going to happen spending an, a minute or two with him every day or an hour on Sunday. The only way you're going to get your roots down deep is to spend time with your master just like the disciples did. Three years they spent with him, and they still didn't really have it all together. But they were a lot better than when they started. God wants you to be that disciple, to spend time with him, to learn from him. He will teach you. He gave us the Holy Spirit to teach us. Are you taking advantage of that? 
If we are standing on Jesus as our sure foundation, then hear this, you will be a success in this life. Contrary to what somebody else might say about you, if you know that you know that you know Jesus is your strong foundation, you are going to be a success in this life. You see, there's a day coming when we're going to hear one of two things. Well done. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Or, get behind me, I did not know you. One side built on the strong foundation. One side built on the foundation that gave way. Hallelujah. Without a biblical foundation, there is always confusion and unrest. Would you agree with that? Look around the world today. We can't come into agreement. Jesus talks about this. Here's what he said. Luke eleven seventeen. Any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. And a house divided against itself will fall. Now there's a reason that I'm sharing this message today and not the message on the Tower of Babel and not a message on Memorial Day. The reason is that God told me to. Because people are in this church, and, and, and honestly, I'll, I'll tell you the truth, the reason that I'm speaking on this today is I saw this clip, and I listened to it, and the Holy Spirit said, that's what I want you to teach on this Sunday. I didn't even listen to the pastor's message because I didn't want it to get tainted what the Holy Spirit wanted to say to you. But there are some people in this room today that need to get this part right and not wrong. Many of you are on that strong foundation, but some of you are not. Hear me today. A house divided against itself cannot stand. That's personally, that's in your family, that's in this church, that's in this nation, etc., etc. Would you agree with me that our world is greatly divided? We can't even come into agreement on what life issues are most important to address. For example, some want to eliminate fossil fuel use altogether. Right? But there are those, like this guy, I'm going to use up the fossil fuel until it's gone. Unless somebody comes up with a better way to turn those light switches on, because I want to tell you something, without fuel, we would die. How many would agree with that? If they turned the power off tomorrow, most of us would die, because we don't have a clue how to sustain ourselves without boop, flipping that switch or getting in that automobile. Broom. Try doing that without petrol. It won't go far. The day they come up with a better alternative, I'll jump on it. But in the meantime, I feel like God gave us all this stuff to use. And I'm one of those weird ones. I don't necessarily believe in all of this climate stuff that's being taught. We won't go there today. I don't have time for it. Hallelujah. 
I don't want to go back to the dark ages. Bottom line. Our nation is also very divided. In my opinion, more than it ever has been. The majority of our nation used to be Christian. Used to be. Not anymore. The most recent polls are about 50-50. And I would even question that to some degree. With that kind of division, we will not, we cannot come into agreement with each other. Here's why. Light and dark are in sheer opposition to one another. Light and dark are in sheer opposition. One side feels it's a woman's right to abort her baby. The other side calls it murder. One side says it's okay to preach Christ wherever and whenever one wants, while the other side says freedom from religion prohibits that kind of public talk. One side says a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, should decide his or her own gender, while the other side says God made us who we are and that's who we should be. Jesus made it clear. Any nation divided against itself will fall. So it shouldn't take us by surprise when we see the moral decay that is moving like a dark cloud over this nation and world. That's not the good news. I'm not here to bum you out. I'm here to tell you there's a better way. So what do we do in this mixed up, crazy environment where we find ourselves living? What can we do? What should you do if you're a Christian? The only thing that you can do is to make sure you're living right for Jesus. I'd like to quote Joshua. I love some of his excerpts, but specifically, and many of you know this passage or verse, Joshua 24, 15. I'm going to read the whole thing, but behind me is just the capsule of it. If you refuse to serve the Lord, he said, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods that your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. You see, he knew what his foundation was. It was God. And when you start allowing other things into your life that are godless, immediately your foundation becomes shaky. And if you continue down that path, it will only bring hardship. It will only bring hurt and pain. We can't live like that. Joshua determined that for he and his household, he didn't want to just survive, he wanted them to thrive. And they did that as they served God. God was preeminent to them. He was number one in their lives. In a modern context, that means that you will do all that you can to make sure that your house is not divided. If your son or your daughter starts to take the wrong path, what are you going to do about it? And I'm not just talking about teenagers. I'm talking about little babies. When you start seeing them, what are you going to do about it? 
Let them go. Oh, isn't that cute? No, it's not. Because they're losing their respect for you. They need to see God in you. Jesus in you. Yes, love them, but yes, be firm. That's not the right way. Teach them the right way. Fight for them. Fight on your knees in prayer. Fight in the natural if need be. I still remember the day that my son came home from football. And he started mouthing off to his mom. And he was about 17 and he was built. <laughs> he had about 5% body fat. Maybe. Maybe. He was one solid kid. They were doing two-a-days all summer long, and this is the end of the two-a-days. And he comes in, and he gets mouthy with his mom, and, and I don't even know what happened to me. Another spirit took over. <laughs> and I, I grabbed him, and I, I wasn't trying to hurt him or anything. I just threw him against the wall. And this was an older house that still had that stuff they called plaster. Not that cheap stuff we have today, you know, with a thin coat. Uh-uh. This is like porcelain. Boom. And he dented the wall with his shoulder. And I heard the air go out of him. And I just said, don't you ever talk to your mother like that. I didn't hit him. I just sort of helped him to realize he was in the wrong. Here's the thing. That wasn't me. I'm telling you right now, I had angels help me do that. I'm serious. I could not have done what I did to him even if I'd want it. But you know, after that, he never mouthed off to his mother. He respected her. Sometimes we have to fight for our kids. They have to understand that we love them too much to let them go in the direction they're going. A house divided against itself cannot stand. Sometimes it means you get in their faces and let them know that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It is not an option. Hear this part. Somebody in this room needs to hear this. Tough love sometimes needed. And I want to speak from my own experience that it's never the easy way to go. Never. In fact, it's almost always the hardest way to go. But the results are different. The results are better when you don't give up on your kids. When you don't just let them go do whatever it is that they wanted to do. Especially if they're going away from Christ and not toward Him. Fight for them until they come back to Jesus. I'm here to tell you that it's not easy to be a Christian. And it's definitely not easy when someone in your own family is at odds with you. Could be a spouse, it could be a child, it could be another relative. How many in this room have people living with you? Right? Could be a mom or a dad who's aging. If you're here, God bless you if, that's, if you're a parent. <laughs> God bless you. But you bring that dynamic into your house, and especially if you're not in agreement on your faith, it can cause issues. Are you hearing me? And you have to fight for that. 
It puts you on your knees. One of the dear saints we loved so much always used to tell us, you know what, when you have certain people come to you, when you see them coming down the hall, when they're in your home, it causes you to get on your knees. Because you know there's no other way you're going to win without Jesus. Some people put you on your knees. My advice is do whatever it takes to build on that strong foundation in Jesus. You do that by getting into agreement with God and with His most holy word. Luke chapter 6, the main verse. Why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, Jesus said, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. That's the key right there. Jesus said, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. You want to be a disciple of Christ? That's the key right there. Come to him, listen to his teaching, and then follow it. Can I hear a better amen? Hallelujah. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it is well built. Floodwaters are going to rise and they are going to come against your house. I don't care who you are in this room. Young or old, new to the Lord or not, floodwaters are going to rise. And whether or not you make it through is going to depend on how you've been living your life for him. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. And when the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. We are surrounded with people who fit this latter category. They're in a heap of ruins. Why? Because they haven't become a disciple of Jesus Christ. They have no firm foundation. Their foundation is shaky, and whatever they do, they seem to fall deeper and deeper and deeper into the hole. When if they just learn the simple truth, come to him, listen to his teaching, and follow. I'm almost done. Hallelujah. I don't have this behind me, Proverbs 10:25. When the storms of life come, the wicked are whirled away, but the godly have a lasting foundation. Let me repeat that. Proverbs 10.25 When the storms of life come, the wicked are whirled away, but the godly have a lasting foundation. We have a hope in a future if we're standing on Jesus. God provided a way where there was no other way. We all should have been doomed to be separated from the Lord forever. But I thank him that in his preeminence, he knew what had to happen. When I began today's message, I started by building what I, what I called 
a perch. That's a perch. Not the fish, but the perch. Without the foundation, this piece would have fallen over eventually, even though I got it to stand, which it shouldn't have done that, but they always do that to me. This piece of wood is able to stand or withstand any storm that might come against it. Not unlike this, you're going to face many storms in this life. And it's how you weather those storms that really will determine who you are and how much of a success you're going to become. And I want every one of you to become a success story for Jesus. You see, God's litmus test in the world is completely different. I already shared some of those things. Success for Jesus is living for Him and being obedient. He doesn't want your sacrifice. He wants you to be obedient. So with a strong foundation built on Jesus, you will be able to weather the storms and your life will bring God glory and praise and honor. Now, I wasn't finished with this. Maybe you already knew that. I'd like to finish it, if that's all right. Mac, you might as well come up here and help me. You probably help me anyway, one way or another. See, sometimes it takes teamwork, too. Thank you. Got it. We just need that to get in that hole right there, and it will be in good shape. See, I didn't practice this part because they were... Got another helper here? Matt, Mike, would you come on up here and hold this? Just hold it so that doesn't drop. All right. Here we go. This should go in there eventually. Is it going in there yet? Nope. Here. Right there. Don't let me hit your thumb. There we go. I think that might have taken. No? You know what we might have to do, brother? And I was hoping we wouldn't have to, but... Oh, my object lessons. No, it's going the right way. I'm not that dumb. I know. All right. Here's what we're going to do. Take this off. Take this off. No, you got it? I got it. I'm going to put it down on the floor and screw this in. Yeah, you show me how. Go ahead and start it. Tighten it up. All right. If that was Claudia saying that. Was that Claudia? Claudia Pettis. We got it. We got it. We got it. All right. Let me, let me make sure this bottom one is, ah, that isn't going to work. That's good enough. Whew, thank you. Men, give them a hand. Yay.
Man, why me? God's work was the cross. And it didn't hit me until I was putting this together. Man made the cross. God used the cross as a tool to save us. The only foundation is Jesus. What He did on that cross for you and me. If we put our trust anywhere else, in any other God, in any other thing, we're going to lose. But if we put our trust in Him, if we let our roots go down deep into Christ, into the Word of God, if He is in us as He wants to be, then you are going to be a success. Not just on this side of heaven, but when you get to heaven, the Lord's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. So as I wrap this up, if you would stand. Which house is your life based on? There are two houses. One on the firm foundation, one in sinking sand that didn't have a foundation. See, the sad part is the world thinks they are building their lives on a solid foundation and they aren't going to realize till they get to heaven that they're not. And it's up to us to tell them that. It's up to us to share what Jesus has done in your life, how he's helped you get from point A to point B to C to D, some of you may almost be to Z. Whatever. Tell people about your testimony. Tell them what Jesus has done for you. How he's gotten you through the difficult times as well as the good. How many have lived on both sides? You've lived in hell and you've lived in, if I can put it this way, in heaven, in, in Christ. You know the difference. And would you go back? God help us. I've lived both sides. <laughs> What's that? Starting to pre preach your message. All right. Next Sunday. Where are you at? Which house is yours? Firm foundation, sinking sand. Would you bow your heads? God is so faithful, so patient with us. He waits and he waits and he waits until we finally get to that place where we say, enough, I can't do this anymore. And I know for a fact some of you in this room today need to make this confession from your heart, meaning it, so that from this day forward you will serve the Lord. And if that's you, with every head bowed, eyes closed, you know that you're not living for Jesus, but you know that you want to make that decision today. Would you please lift your hand up real quick so I can see it? I want to pray with you. Yes. Anybody else? Yes. Other hands? Yes. I saw two or three, four, five. If you haven't already raised your hands, if you still want to get in on this prayer, I want to pray with you. Anyone else? I want you to pray this with me. And we're going to pray as a family. We're going to ask the Lord to help us to build on that strong foundation today. 
And I'd ask every saint in this room to pray with us. We're all in this together. We're here to encourage each other, keep each other safe. So would you pray with me, please? Say this out loud so your own ears can hear you, especially if you raised your hand. Dear Lord God, I'm broken. I'm not living on that firm foundation. But today, I purpose in my heart to begin to serve you. To begin with, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrongs, all the hurts that I put on others. God, help me not to do that anymore. Second, Lord, help me to learn who you are. To be a disciple of Christ. To read the Bible and to understand it. I pray for understanding. Third, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me today, Lord, to begin to serve you for all the days that I have left. All that I am, all that I have, I give to you today, and I pray this in the precious name of Jesus, who is my Lord and my Savior. And everybody that prayed that prayer said amen. Amen. To God be the glory. So God will restore you, he will support you, and he will strengthen you. And if you just prayed that prayer, you can believe that you're not in this alone anymore. And when you start to get into that place where things aren't going good for you, what do you do? Look up, up, turn to him. Say, God, what must I do now? Help me with this, Lord. And get on your knees and just be quiet before him. Let him speak to you, and he will do just that. Father God, I thank you for every person that's here today and those who might listen to this message online that, Lord, you would use it to impact the globe. I pray for everyone today as we go out and we enjoy our families, Lord, that you would keep us safe in our coming and going. Bless us and show favor on us everywhere we're at and give us opportunity to share the good news of Jesus with those who might not already know. We love you, Lord. Bless the the lunch that the uh, youth have prepared over there for the kids going to camp this summer. Lord, bless the kids and the adults that have put that together. We give you this church, Lord. We give you us in Jesus' name. And everybody said Amen. amen. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus. We'll see you next time. We pray you enjoyed this message from Pastor Norm Oberlin. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at GaylorChurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.